You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. We've made it all the way to Season 4, Episode 6, The One with the Dirty Girl. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm like a 1950s housewife. And I'm Mark. And that coupon expires, you know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the coupons I give out uh, generally do not get claimed. <laughs> I don't want one. <laughs> good. What, you don't want to know a Marky love? I mean, I'd be impressed if you could you could manage the hour of my... Is that like an wow, hour delivery? Wow, we've gone somewhere very quickly. Wow, thanks. <laughs> Maybe it's like several 10-minute increments. <laughs> yes. Right, let's move on. <laughs> yes, very quickly. <laughs> well, we start the episode uh, with Rush... Hang on, hang on. Hang no, on. You, well, you always speed run your episodes. Do I? I've noticed that. There's, there's no news. I've not seen you in like four years, feels like. It has been a while. We've, we've, we've had some... Uh, some stuff happen as well. I mean, I've had a very nerdy week. So if we get me started talking about Star Wars Celebration, this could turn into our longest episode ever. It could be, yeah. So, no, I, d- I don't want you speed run. You always do this. You, you forget, like, the, the stuff of the, the preamble. Get to, to, to get us in after the terribleness of the start there. So, yeah, there's no foreplay in my coupons. <laughs> no, and, and there's no ending from you either. You just disappear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we have some things to discuss. So yeah, I think we should have a, a bit of an update on how things are going. We're, we're doing pretty well with our download numbers. It is going well. It's nice to see. Uh, for some reason, the, the previous month doubled uh, in downloads compared to before that. I don't know what's happened. I think uh, what has happened is America has finally found us. Oh, nice. Because our stats seem to show a lot more Americans than British people listening to us, which is absolutely great. Uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, Ryan, uh, you know, our shows last last episode uh good all, all good feedback from the fans uh mostly positive uh there was i'm not going to call it constructive i'm just going to call it criticism um but we had a one star review uh from someone called amendelees and it's kind of interesting if not a little confusing um but it's titled shame really uh, fairly enjoyable at the beginning but forget it chaps you're trying too hard to be offended and this has destroyed what was a relatively entertaining podcast your opinions have really not dated very well at all you obviously both believe that you are open-minded and evolved men however i will say that insidious and woefully ignorant comments that have been snidely woven into the podcast indicate you are really not wow so i, I want to break this down because i need to understand this um so they loved the podcast at the start. Yes, that's, that's cool. That's cool. We, I'm, I'm glad we you were relatively it. entertained. Yes, okay. uh, we're trying too hard to be offended. I don't think we ever do get offended. No, like we. I mean, from my perspective, we discuss things that haven't aged well. Uh, ironically, mentioned in the review, um, <laughs> or things that you know don't come across well when characters say them, based on obviously the show was aired in the nineties and it's now twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think the the way we look at it is that. We love the show warts and all as it is. We try to look at it from an outsider's perspective of like, oh, why would some people might not enjoy this right now? And, you know, we, we bring that up as like a discussion point of like, instead of going, oh, yeah, you know, being homophobic is, is cool. What a funny joke. Like, we'd be like mm, you know, maybe, maybe at the time it worked and here's why it worked then, but it definitely doesn't now. And I think that's, that's where we try to, to come from rather than finding anything offensive. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been offended by any of the content of the show. No. Um, again, you, you can watch things and go, wow, that hasn't aged well. 
Um, but I'm not offended. Like I'm not upset. If if show yeah. if the show offended me, I wouldn't be doing the podcast. Yeah, I, I tend to avoid things that offend me because why would I want that in my life? Yeah, and, and certainly, you know, jokes can can age as well. You can find something really funny like years ago, and then you hear it again and go, actually, just not funny anymore for for various reasons. Either you've you've changed as a person, your humour's changed, or it was just like that moment. Because I I think of like South Park. Yeah. Like South Park has some very funny moments, especially early on. And now you're here and you're like, no, it's just I, just, I don't enjoy it. Maybe I've grown up or, you know, it was just at the time, like because of, you know, the, what was going on in culture, like it fit in and was funny then. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a kid, there were lots of early South Park episodes, like the the pink eye one where everyone becomes zombies. Yeah. As a kid, I thought that was rip roaring hilarious and was fantastic. And I watched that episode a few weeks ago because we just put Plex on shuffle. Um, and I was like, I don't think I laughed once. It was like, this isn't this isn't funny. No. Um, so, you know, tastes taste do change. Like, we're not the same people we were when we watched Friends in the 90s. So uh, things are going to hit differently as adults. Now, this is where I get a little confused by this uh, comment. Um, so they, they thought we were enjoyable at the start, but then that we tried too hard to be offended and that our opinions have not really dated very well at all. You know, what? We're, we're not perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. But I'm not sure what opinions we have haven't dated well. Because I think we I think we kind of sit in the middle generally. Well, I mean, the, I wouldn't consider our podcast around long enough for our opinions to have not dated well at all. Like, the podcast is relatively new. We, we're two years old at that point. That's, that's yeah, a lifetime. We, like, that's a very quick turnaround for an opinion that aging well. Like, something I said in episode one, like, looking back now, like, I don't feel that much of a different person since we did the first episode. Like, yeah. I'm sure I've changed in so subtle ways. I but mean, the tangents have definitely gone longer. They have. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is, if anything's changed, we've gotten more comfortable as, as we record compared to like the yes. early episodes. And I would say that's partly evident by the length of the episodes. They were, you know, like 35, 45 minute episodes. And now they tend to run over an hour to 90 minutes a lot of the time because we're more relaxed and comfortable doing what we're doing. And we, we go into a bit more detail and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but there uh, are definitely certain, I guess, things that have happened in my life from that was very fresh when we started the podcast that aren't fresh now and um, I, and i guess yeah there might be some things where you laugh and joke about things that happen to you that an outsider might go oh that's kind of offensive and it's like well no like the the reason you can laugh at it is because it did happen to you and that's how you're working through it yeah but at the same time like if there's ever a joke i make because i mean obviously there's a lot of talk about you know my my ex-partner becoming a lesbian and we 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 have a lot of fun with that at my expense at the start of the show yeah. um if that offends people apologies like we're not trying to offend anyone um but i deal with a lot of stuff through humor and we both generally found it interesting and funny if that offends you like, i'm not i'm not going to retract what i said no but, um, but also it's affected you so i think you are right to be able to laugh at that sort of stuff because it's it is you yeah i agree i also don't think that just because it happened to me people are wrong if it does offend them i just yeah. feel like if it offends you deal with it <laughs> like, well, well the, the next bit you know obviously both believe that you're open-minded and evolved men I don't know if we think we're men, but um, you know, definitely, I think uh, we're evolved. <laughs> <laughs> open-minded, maybe. But. Yeah, no, I, I do think we're we're open-minded. I, I think we're we're always willing to listen to other people's opinions. Doesn't necessarily mean we will agree with you, but I don't think we're ever hard and fast. No, this is our opinion. That's the end of it. Always, you know, just just generally in life, and we've spoken about this many times. That yes, we're not perfect in in how we are. No one can, but you you can't be both sides of everything because then you're nothing. Well, it, it reminds me of an old stand-up routine that Chris Rock did, where he was talking about, like, Democrats and Republicans, or, you know, liberals and conservatives, or right and left, however you want to phrase it. Um, and he basically said 
that anyone who's made up their mind before hearing the issue is a an idiot. Yeah. Um, and I, I that was kind of eye opening for me as as like a, a team when I heard it because there are plenty of issues where where my opinion is on massively like different sides of the political spectrum. Like when it comes to kind of law and order, I'm very much conservative. When it comes to people's autonomy over their own body, I'm very very liberal. So, but at, but at the same time, let's take law and order. You could be one way, but then someone can give you different facts that you didn't know about. Like, let's say you had a, a police officer who's on the job and goes, well, actually, this is what happens in this situation. That new information might change your opinion the other way. Yeah, you go, exactly. oh, actually, I didn't realise that was that also went on. And now, you know, things, things change. So, you know, I do think we're open-minded. I don't, I don't think we say anything insidious. Well, this is the part that confused me the most where it says that insidious comments and woefully ignorant comments that have been snidely woven into the podcast number one that's given us far too much credit to think that we we've woven anything into this <laughs> we, podcast we are, no, we are not that clever <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> there is no subtext here there is just there is just the conversation um but i don't, it, but it, how can it be insidious and woefully ignorant no i i i admit potentially we could be ignorant to things because if you don't know you don't know yeah, but I mean, well, but 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 I don't think we we are that ignorant. But also being able to snidely wove in like things like that. I weave think, in. I think the reason. I mean, this is probably our first. I might say kind of negative, maybe mildly insulting comment we've had on the show. I think yeah, because we we have had negative comments in the past, and it's been you know we're two guys. You know, we're not that entertaining. Fair enough. If you don't enjoy us, don't enjoy us. Yeah. And and I think we're always open to constructive criticism. Like, and and certainly the patrons and the other fans do let us know if they have their own comments. And we're like, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's just part of our favourite thing to do. And I think the reason why this comment was so interesting to us is because there's very little context for it. And I'd be very interested to hear more from this person. They should write in. I'd like to hear exactly what they think was Contact insidious. at watchingfriends.com. Yeah, exactly. Because... I, I don't want to upset people, but at the same time, I also like to know if I have upset someone, what I did to upset them. And I may double down on what I said, and that may, yeah. may even cause more offence. But the, the fact that I don't know is what kind of, I guess, this comment affected me more than it would have otherwise. Because I'm like, but you haven't told us what we've done. If anything, it sounds like it's their comment makes it suggest that it's rampant in every episode. Yes. And it's like, well, I don't think it is. So. No. And, and certainly, you know, the comment starts off fairly positive and then swings wildly the other way and it's a bit strange that it does like surely all throughout this we would have been you know ignorant to to what we're saying and been snide and stuff wouldn't be saying that changes i mean i'm gonna make an assumption um and my assumption is that at some point you and i have discussed a hot topic issue for this person and whatever our stance on that hot topic issue was has kind of affected them emotionally and they've kind of reacted in this way. I, I guess certainly if you look at Friends as a, as a show for the, the four series that we've covered, yeah, it does change. Like, you know, season one, fairly standard. And then, you know, series two, there's a lot of the, the lesbian joke stuff. You know, series three, you get other things happening. And yeah, like the, the show changed. And so there will be topics that we won't have mentioned in series one because they just didn't exist or happen. Yeah. But they are now. And so, yeah, there, there is potential for that, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, it would be interesting to, to know more about uh, what we've said. And it might even be just cultural differences or personality differences or whatever. Like, I know we're never going to please everyone 100% of the time. 
Uh, but we can certainly try our best to make for an entertaining show at the very least. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't all negative. I mean, I would say constructive, but it wasn't constructive. No, so I, it, I, it was I'm not, not negative. Well, I think I want to also say we're, we're not generally going to go too deep into negative reviews in future. It's just this one was, was fascinating to both of us, I think. Yeah, and there's, there's zero animosity in either of us towards the person who made the comment. It's genuinely just more of a we're confused and curious as opposed to upset. Um, yes. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I don't want the per- like, if the person is still listening, I don't know why they would be if we were uh, <laughs> if the podcast is the way they seem to think it is. But if they are, there's yeah, we're not upset at you, or there's no animosity there. It's just it was a very confusing comment, and we we kind of quite like the idea of exploring it more. Well, I think our patrons would have been the first to tell us if we were doing anything like this because they 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 message us all the time and interact with us a lot, which is really great. This one, and and they definitely would be the first to say no, no, like. You've done something wrong here. Yeah, like, shut up, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we did. We have two other reviews uh, recently. Uh, one is from Kara 011001 Have you just, like, set something off? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious what that means in binary now. I almost want to look it up. Um, but still, I'm not going to. <laughs> says, uh, five stars, a great review. I love watching Friends, but I love this podcast more, which is probably the best compliment we could receive. I mean, you know, we're better than the show we love, so I'll take that compliment on board. Uh, the only thing is, I can't tell which one is Mark and which one is Ryan. It doesn't bother me, though. All in all, it's a great podcast, and I listen to it all the time. Hi. Well, hi, Kyra. I am Ryan. <laughs> and I'm Mark. Which is weird, because maybe, obviously, we don't know where Kyra's from. Um, we may sound very similar to people outside of the UK. I, I, I think, yeah, you definitely get this with, with a lot of Americans. And no, this isn't an ignorant comment. Uh, where you know you speak to, if they speak to someone who's who's British, unless you are Scottish or Welsh, they cannot tell the difference between the accents generally. No, nope. uh, and I have this as well. When I go over to America, like I can't really tell like a Boston accent from a California one. Most of them sound similar. Like some like Texas, yeah, they they stand out a bit differently. But generally, if they're they're mid Atlantic ish, like I can't tell what a, a Floridian is saying compared to like a, a New Yorker that's different. They just sound American to me. Yeah, unless they have a typically kind of, I guess, strong cliche accent. Yes. So like they're very, very southern or sort of like a valley girl or sound like they're from, you know, like the mafia in New Jersey or yes. New York, yeah, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm walking here type thing. <laughs> it's very difficult. I can't place them. No. And that's mostly out of ignorance because you're not exposed to it. No. Um, so, 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 yeah, we, I think our voices are quite distinct at the same time. Like, yeah, accents are difficult. And certainly, you know, being British, you can be confused for American, you can be confused for Dutch, you can be confused for Australian. Yeah, I've uh, been confused for Australians by Americans before. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but yeah, this is, this is us. I think maybe Ryan should put on his proper Brummie accent and then you'd definitely be able to tell. I don't have, this is my Brummie accent. There's no such thing as a Brummie accent. I've been through this before. Yeah. There's like a Dudley, like West Brum accent. Do, do that one. That people just say is a Brummie accent. But I'm not through the entire part of, oh, right, Bab. Right, now let's talk about watching Friends today, oh, Bab. Like, no one wants to hear that. Yeah, could, could you listen to a whole hour of that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's the one with the dirty girl, eh? Just, <laughs> just, the problem is, when I start, it's really difficult to stop. But for some reason, all my accents, no matter what accent I try and do, end up going one of two ways. Two ways and it's either to Wales or to India. For some yeah. reason, I can't do any other kind of accent. Well, well just to, to give a bit more information, like, I, I'm from near London. I don't sound Cockney, and I don't sound much different to you either, living in Birmingham. 
No. Yeah, I mean, in my head, when I read the comment, I was like, but Mark's a bloody southerner. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you can tell the difference, yeah. like the, the subtleties. But no, like when I chat to you, I don't think, like if you lived in London, no one would really go, oh, he's not a Londoner. You know, like, where are you from? Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. just voice. Yeah, like, unless you're from like Yorkshire and like the proper north or like Lancaster <laughs> or something, you, everyone kind of in the Midlands, unless you've got that cliche, you know, Wolverhampton, yam, yam accent, you all pretty much sound the same. But, but yeah, thank, thank you very much for the kind words, Carl. Hopefully... Uh, you can start to understand us differently as you listen to more episodes. But yeah, thank you. I we really appreciate your nice comments. Maybe I should try and affect like a deep masculine manly voice. Get like a bit like ASMR episode where we just whisper. Yeah. Yeah. Like hello and welcome <laughs> to watching friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Whispering is apparently really bad for your your throat oh, and your it? voice. I mean, I'm loud, so it's probably never like really any danger of happening to me. But yeah, apparently it's quite bad for you. Um, we also have a podcast uh, from Frey Hart. A, po- a podcast. A podcast. A review. A comment. Uh, review. It says, my favourite podcast is also five stars, which we're liking. It's currently 4.44am and I'm on my sixth episode of the podcast. I love this podcast so much. It's great to listen to. Every time I put it on, I feel really happy and enjoy it a lot. I've been listening for around four months and I listen every night, which is really sweet. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you. I like it's, I like the idea that this person like gets in from you know like work or school and is like let's sit down with a cup of tea or whatever and have some Mark and Ryan time. Well, I know uh, one of our patrons has been binge listening to to some episodes and they're like, oh, I I, I can't even remember like the comments I wanted to say to you uh, because I just went through them all so quickly and I need to just get to to one episode at a time so I can message you with with my comments for the show. That's very sweet and very encouraging. I like that. Um, but yeah, so. I mentioned Patreon a lot. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash watching friends where we do bonus episodes and other things. Um, you can also leave us a review on iTunes generally. I don't think anyone leaves reviews elsewhere. No. Um, so yeah, leave us a review. It can be one star if you really want it to be. It can be five stars. It can be four. It can be three. It can be two. Um, yeah. I, just, I mean, engagement's engagement at the end of the day uh, to sound like, looking like a social media wizard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, we, we we love your feedback, good or bad, because then we can learn and make for a better show that you enjoy. Yeah, if it is if it is negative, I would I, I would you know aim to be constructive or at least specific. And also, when you write your review, remember we do this for free for you. <laughs> I mean, unless you're a patron, and then we're not doing it for free. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. So uh, we have spent a long time on our preamble, so I feel like you've you've earned uh, a break. For maybe an episode. All right, and we'll cover we'll cover my nerdy shenanigans of the past week in a bit. Yep. Next episode instead. Yep, definitely. I think we should definitely get into the episode. But yeah, thank you for everyone who left a review. Uh, we do enjoy reading them. Uh, but yeah, let's get back into the episode. Yeah. So while we're feeling all warm and fuzzy, uh, we start the episode with Ross Chang to his date, who is played by Rebecca, and I can never pronounce this name. Raminj? Ramin Roma. I don't know. We're going to massacre it, but that's the name. Um, who went on to be Mystique in the X-Men movies, if you're thinking oh, she looks oh, okay. familiar. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, she's wearing a lot less in those films. She is, and she's blue and yes. covered in like prosthetics, but yeah. it's still clearly her. Yeah. Um, which is quite impressive, really. I think, I think it's the hair, because obviously Mystique doesn't have like flowing locks, right? She doesn't. She's like, well, ginger hair that's like matted to her head. Yeah. But still. But yeah, she does go on to play Mystique, and uh, quite well, Mystique's probably the best part of those movies. I, I did like the way that you, within... 20 seconds managed to put a, n- a nerdy Marvel reference yep. <laughs> into our friend's podcast. I mean, so, it's what so, she, so well done. It's what she did. Um, I'm sure she did other things, um, but that's where I mainly know her from. Um, but they're outside the coffee shop chatting as the gang are observing from the inside. 
Well, thank you for the delicious dinner. You're welcome for a delicious dinner. <laughs> hey, what are you guys looking at? Ross and the most beautiful girl in the world. Hey, yeah, come to Papa. I know! Probably the only time I'll ever say this. But did you see the ass on her? Where did you... When did you... How did you... How did you get a girl like that? Yeah, so what is she, like a, like a spokesmodel or aerobics instructor? What? Actually, she's a paleontology doctoral candidate specializing in the Cenozoic era. Okay, but that's like the easiest era. <laughs> I've seen her at work, but I always figured... <laughs> but, uh, I made her dinner. We had a great time, and we're going out again tomorrow. Well, maybe she and her friends are just having a contest to see who can bring home the biggest geek. Fine by me. Hope she wins. I love Ross's reactions to... Rachel Snide comments. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> just like, I hope she wins. Like, <laughs> yeah. He does not care. No. Like, he's having a great type competition or not. Definitely. I, I really like that. I know. Like, he's like, <laughs> he knew everyone was watching him. And he's like, yep, keep on watching everyone. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, she's amazing. Like, yes. And I like her challenge just flabbergasted. He can't even, he can barely talk. Yeah. Because he's so outraged at the idea and shocked at the idea that Ross has managed to, to kind of land this lady. I mean, I was about to say that, um, that Ross dates a lot of attractive women, but actually they all date a lot of attractive people. There's never an ugly person they date. No, it's television. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're on a Oh no, you've ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that the Catholic? I like the idea that what I find really funny is that it's the idea that never mind Ross's looks. It's the fact that Ross is a geeky dinosaur dork, yeah, and that's why like pretty women wouldn't gonna go out, wouldn't want to go out with him. Which is true of the '90s, I guess. Like if you were. When nerd, you're a geek. That was seen as a huge negative to certain types of people. Whereas now, being a geek is cool. Within reason, I guess, yeah. Like, I always yeah. like being a geek's cool. And I'm like, is it? Yeah, because yeah. You're like, I've thrown out all my Marvel knowledge out there and no women come and jump at me. Like, that's a dangerous <laughs> floodgate to open when, when I'm around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, it is funny. I do like how Monica just suddenly becomes like, strangely misogynistic like do you see the ass on her <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just like yeah, everyone is having a nice time staring at Ross's date yeah um, which is funny because I remember the first time I saw this episode I remember as a kid just being or as a kid as a youngster younger person just being like it's gonna go wrong like I didn't know what was gonna be wrong but Ross doesn't get to be this happy no well, it's just general TV no one gets to be happy and succeed which I guess is what the problem with the Big Bang Theory is where Leonard dates Penny and you're like, no, no, that doesn't work out. And it's the same with, with Ross and Rachel, isn't it? Like, if they just date it, it's like, yep, yeah, perfectly happy couple. That's boring TV. I mean, it, I guess to be self-deprecating a little bit, like nearly every person I've like dated, um, for the most part, everyone has been like, oh, you're punching above your weight. And I'm, I never had to tell I'm like, well, that's kind of insulting. But at the same time, yay. <laughs> well, 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 when it's TV show, it's like when someone wins the lottery in an episode, they always have to lose the money somehow. And then it's never brought up ever again. They can't just win the money and be like, yep, this is the lifestyle we're going to lead to. Yeah, that, end, that ruins the show. <laughs> yeah. But no, everyone is very impressed by uh, Ross managing to date this woman. And, uh, you know, Rachel's a little bit jealous. A little bit. <laughs> which, is, which is really funny because obviously Rachel, I guess, perceives herself as, you know, like 
I guess he's obviously kind of I'm the hot cheerleader from school, and the idea of Russ finding a woman that he might find more attractive than her obviously rubs her the wrong way. Yeah, we've definitely had that more lately. It's like when uh, Monica dated Chip and stuff like that. Like she's starting to feel like, oh, I'm not the, the super hot one in the group anymore as people get older. Yeah. I mean, the reactor, like Rebecca Rom- Rom- Romeo, how do you pronounce her name? We, just, you know, we should have checked. Um, <laughs> is, a, is a very, very beautiful woman, to be fair. Um, I just find it funny that in 2023, when, like you said, the world's very different to how it is in the 90s, the idea of not being able to date someone attractive because you're a dork, it seems like a really alien concept. It does. Um, but back then, yeah, it kind of makes sense. And Well, I, pe- yeah, people would judge you for who you choose to date a lot more often, I think, then. Especially when you're younger. I'm, I'm thinking when you're, like, 16 and stuff, like... If you was if you was dating the the dorky guy, and you're you was part of the popular group, yeah, I guess it's also the assumption that the attractive person isn't a dork. Yeah. So kind of, I guess a lot of I guess we'd kind of get with this, I guess, as growing up and stuff, where you would you would see like a stylish, glamorous, pretty, attractive person, and just assume that person isn't into the same things as me. Yeah, and as we obviously we know, Ross met her at work, and she's she's a doctorate like student, not. I can't remember what he said specifically, but she works at the museum and she's a big giant dork, just like Ross. Yeah. Well, like I've, I've got a friend who, who recently mentioned that they never told him when they was into Marvel and they're a huge Marvel fan. And I was like, why? Like, everyone loves Marvel. And I was like, oh, because I didn't want to be judged. And I thought people like who I was like friends with would like judge me negatively if they knew I was like massively into Marvel. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's, that's the thing. But yeah, it's, I think it's more acceptable now to just be yourself it is i mean we'll probably touch more on this at the start of the next episode when i go on my star wars celebration rant okay but one of the things that was so great about celebration was that i realized that i'm in a hall full of like thirty thousand people and every single one the majority of us experienced having to be that like dork at the back of the class who liked star wars because the cool kids didn't and now i'm in a hall full of people of all sorts of kind of shapes and sizes and ages just celebrating our love for something the same way we do for friends um, and i was like oh it's so emotionally good <laughs> so i'm very glad that i guess maybe we've maybe the society's aged out of that a bit perhaps yes definitely um but i imagine there's still plenty of things that people are really into and you would have some people call them dorks but at the same time no one's gonna care no like no. I, you just find your own tribe now, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I've often said to, like, there's a big age gap between myself and two of my siblings. Um, my, like, well, my little sister's, like, literally half my age. Um, and when she and her friends were in school and people would be like, oh, you like this, or pick on them, I would just be like, no one cares. I was like, no one will care when you're 18. Yeah. I was like, it seems like a massive deal now. When I was your age, it seemed like a huge deal. And I'd get upset and be like, oh, my God, I'm going to pick them for whatever. But by the time you hit 18, 20, 22... No one's going to care. And like you said, you'll have found your own people that will love you for your love of whatever nerdy crap you're into. And the people that picked on you, you will literally not spare a second thought for. So, yeah, it's quite nice. But anyway, before we go, we're like in Brian's inspirational TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then get the titles. Um, and Chandler enters the girl's apartment because he needs some wrapping paper. Um, Phoebes asks if it's for her birthday present. But her birthday was months ago, Mark. Uh, but then Phoebe reminds Chandler that he told her he'd ordered something special, but it hadn't arrived in time. Yeah, it's funny, that, isn't it? You've done the same thing. Well, th- this is the best bit. But I wrote that, my brain went, that's like Mark's Christmas present that's still sat on the side. I should put it in my bag. Do you know what I forgot to do this morning, Mark? Just put your Christmas present in my bag. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you just need to speak to the delivery department and they'll get it sorted. <laughs> Literally on the chest of drawers in my room. Like I know exactly where it is, but my memory's terrible. I might just wait and give it you next Christmas. Yeah, that was more likely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Chandler luckily uh, manages to kind of get out of that. 
But it isn't for Phoebe. It's actually a birthday gift for Kathy. An early edition of her favorite book as a child, The Velveteen Rabbit, um, which is an incredibly thoughtful and adorable gift, Mark. It is, definitely. Like, as the, as the, the game go on, to say, like, it is too thoughtful, especially for your best friend's girlfriend. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely... I kind of want to say it's inappropriate, but... I mean, I've had this difficulty before when buying gifts to people because I'm like, I don't want to spend 10, 20 pounds and just get them something. I want to get them something really cool. Normally that means spending more money, but it's because I want to get them something they're actually going to enjoy and use rather than, oh, here's just something I found. Yeah, this will do because yeah. I was in the shop and saw yeah. it. Now, Charlotte has obviously gone and thought a bit too deeply. It's like, look, I found like the thing that she loves the most in the world and it cost her a huge fortune rather than, oh, she would like this gift. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, if, if your brain has the idea for that perfect gift, yep. you kind of want to get it. Yes, I get that. I would imagine that your motivation, you know, massively impacts your willingness to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not like he's doing that. I mean, he forgot Phoebe's present, yes. but Kathy gets this. Yes. So it is definitely, you know, a contentious subject, I suppose. Um, Rachel tries to touch it, uh, the book that is, uh, but Chandler tells her not to, as her fingers have destructive oils. And I saw this and thought, Mark's going to comment about my comic book, so I thought I'd sleeve all my board game cards. No, we're already uh, half an hour into the episode, and uh, I think I want to move on. Cool, great. <laughs> I literally, I read it was like, oh, that's going to be a comment. Um, but it turns out that Chandler went through a lot of effort to get the book. So this is pretty rare. How did you get that? Oh, it wasn't a big deal. I just went to a couple of bookstores, talked to a couple of dealers, called a couple of the author's grandchildren. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah, and what a great way to say I secretly love you, roommate's girlfriend. It doesn't say that, does it? How do you think it's going to look when you get her something incredibly meaningful and expensive and her boyfriend, Joey, gives her an orange? Okay, all right, I'll just uh, make sure that uh, Joey gets her something really great. It's got to be better than that book. Ooh, like a crossbow! Crossbow would be a pretty cool gift. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, we all kind of already, I guess, kind of discussed this, that it is a very, very inappropriate gift, I suppose, or the extent of effort is an inappropriate gift. The I gift d- itself's fine. but I, I, No, I don't even think the effort is in a, well, the effort isn't inappropriate because he's like, yes, I'm going to, you know, I put my mind to this, I'm going to do it. I think the expense is a little bit, like, you know, if it was like a $50 gift and he put the effort in, fine, just to find it. That's that's fine. I think showing that you put some thought and effort into someone's gift is probably worth more than the actual value. I'd agree. But I think the, the value as well makes it worse. And also, he knows it's going to be the best gift ever. I mean, I... And, and, and that's always, whether it's a friend or a girlfriend or whatever, that's always going to show someone up. Yeah, I guess it's also awkward given how long he's known Kathy. It isn't that long at all. No, because Joey says it's, what, been six weeks or something? Yeah, it's not, it's not been, you know, if this was a gift you bought your roommate or friend's partner after they'd been together years and you were close friends, it would still be like, that's intense. Yeah. But at least you'd be like, well, you know, we, we're friends. Like, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I bought you a thoughtful gift, it'd be, no, no, one, no one's going to look at that weirdly. No, I, I've definitely had friends buy me, like, one year. I'd be like, wow, you've spent way too much. And they're like... Because, you know, this one time I wanted to get, like, the perfect thing. It's like, I'm not going to do it every time. It's just, like, at that moment in time, it made sense because we're, we're good friends. But, yeah, there's, you know, he's definitely going to upset Joey 
when you know he turns up with his orange. Yeah, I, I think Phoebe hits an L on the head and is yes. definitely right. It does say I'm secretly in love with you. Yes. Or oh, well, so yeah, yeah. There are certain things like you know if if I bought your your girlfriend uh, a new iPhone, you'd be like, that's a bit much. What's going on here? Like. It's, yeah. it's unusual. I mean, she hates iPhones, so that would be very unusual. Yes. But I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is like, why have you bought? I guess as well compared to, I guess it's easier to get away with on a birthday. But when you compare it to what everyone else has got, and as Ross says, like, how's it going to look when you give her this and Joey gives her an orange? Now, 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 if I'm a multimillionaire, fine. I've got got money. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But but we know that Chandler and Joey don't really have tons and tons of money. Like, yeah, it's not going to be a great look. I'm very curious to how much it would have cost. Like, I wish we'd been given a figure. I feel, I feel like it's probably like a hundred, two hundred dollars, maybe. Yeah, it's, it doesn't it doesn't sound out the realms of like, you know, extreme thousands. And he he bugged the the author's grandchildren, so maybe he got got it cheap somehow that way. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, even going to that step definitely pushes, you know, reason to unreasonable. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's like. Mm. I don't know, there's definitely some intense feelings. Yeah. Um, but then Monica enters the room on the phone and she's upset because she had to turn down a job because she doesn't have the equipment or money to get it done. Uh, she's been offered a catering job for a funeral. Um, for, the, for 60 people. For 60 people. <laughs> 60 guests. It's a, guest. it's a great little joke from Rachel, like a misunderstanding from Rachel. Um, but yeah, she doesn't have the cash to get it done in time. So Phoebe tells her she sounds more like a money can't than a money can, which doesn't work. And Phoebe realizes this, but I love it anyway. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it must suck when, you know, you've kind of, I mean, a lot of businesses, I suppose, get stuck in this kind of like middle business size thing where they want to grow, but there's like, well, we need. They're too small to be big and they're too big to be small. Yeah. 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 Sounds quite awkward. But obviously, Monica's barely been doing this and, you know, she does need a bit of positivity and support from her friends. And, you know, luckily for Monica, she gets that from Phoebes. Um, but then Joey and Kathy enter. Um, and while Kathy goes to use the bathroom, Chandler asks Joey what he's going to get Kathy for her birthday. Um, but he hadn't planned on getting her anything. Um, and Rachel tells him that he has to. And it has to be better than one of his coupons for an hour of Joey love. I love that. That is brilliant. It's, it's such a Joey thing to do. <laughs> yep. I, and I mean, at the same time, it's, it's, you know, it's probably quite worthwhile for, for Joey to do that because one, like the, the, the coupon is going to be basically like free, but I think the, the reward that, well, Joey and his uh, partner he's going to get out of it is probably actually worth a bit of money. I mean, that doesn't sound like a gift. That's not like a gift for Joey, not a gift for... A, li- a little bit, but I, I think they might still appreciate it a little bit. I mean... As, as we've seen with uh, with the other ladies in Joey's life. I mean, yeah, when we get to Fruit Basket Lady and we learn that Joey changes his attitude towards generosity in the bedroom. Yep. It's the most PG way I could well, think wait, of Well, even, even Chandler going like... You know, she was way more positive when she was with Joey <laughs> through the morning. You know. um, but yeah, like you, you do gloss over Kathy uh, being shy about asking to use the bathroom. Which is strange. I don't know. I, I've, I've seen it before. Like bathrooms in other people's houses is weird. Like they should be available to everyone. But you generally have to be like, may I use your bathroom? Instead of being like, I'm going to use it. Because <laughs> otherwise, what else am I going to do? I always get really curious in people's bathrooms and want to snoop in the cupboards. Oh, do you? I don't do it because it's very inappropriate, very rude. But I'm always oh, like, what drugs are you taking this like, month? But yeah. it's in the cupboard. I don't know why. It's, just, it's deeply inappropriate. But I always am like, going to have a rummage. <laughs> but but no, I, I get it. Like I think for for women as well, it's, it is probably more sensitive issue. Like guys don't care where we go to the toilet. 
given the amount of time that they've been together, but the amount of time Joey also spends at Monica's, I kind of feel like maybe Kathy should be a tad more comfortable. But you know, she's, maybe she's, I, yeah, like she, she's just shy about it. And I think some people can be shy about using bathroom, other people's bathrooms, or or even just telling people what they're doing. Because yeah. it is a private matter. I mean, Joey isn't he's very supportive here, is he? Like, no, he's not. This is definitely You not can the, go. This definitely is an episode of Joey being a good partner. Like, yeah, you, yeah you, I don't think you really want to announce to everyone, I need to use the bathroom, everyone. You know what I'm going to be doing in there. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess why you come to walk it because, you know, you, actually, you don't want to announce it. At the same time, you're still too new to just get up and do it. Yes. So, but still. Um, we announced the next day, and Rachel's doing a crossword, and Phoebe wants to help. But Rachel does not want to help. Rachel wants to do it by herself. And that's fine. But Phoebe tells Rachel that now she can't help develop her new universal language. Which is a very Phoebe thing to try and do. It is. I don't think it's going to go well. But, you know, it is a very Phoebe thing to do. Um, but while, you know, while this, you know, trading of helping is going on, Monica gets back from her catering and she's in a great mood until Phoebe asks for the money she lent her back. Um, Monica explains that she'll pay her back after her next job. And Phoebe's is fine. And apologizes for acting like a bank. I, I didn't like this bit. Like, she's literally just lent her the money. You expected it back in a day? Like, if, if you're going to get it back in a day, Monica would have had the money. Yeah, well, I suppose she's thinking, well, that's the thing. It's always awkward borrowing money from friends. Um, ne- never lend money to friends. I've done it in the past, and it's just an odd dynam- no, dynamic to add to a friendship. So I wouldn't really recommend doing it um, because either, like, they get annoyed. Like, but when I have done it, I've made sure it's been like, right, I've borrowed X amount. I'm going to give you X amount back at this time. And then that's that. But then you're like, oh, we're going out and I'm going to buy a steak and they're going to get annoyed that I'm buying. And you feel like I can't spend, even though we've got an agreement on that, yeah. when I'm going to pay you back, it still makes me feel like, oh, are they going to be annoyed that I've just bought this well, comic book? Because... Friends, friends cover that, don't they, later on, yeah. later episode, where they're like, oh, you're, you're spending the money on that. I thought you needed it for other things. Yeah, it's, it's just an awkward dynamic. And and also, sometimes you can find out that your your friendship value is actually quite low. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do love how quickly Phoebe's mindset changes from like being a bank to back to being normal, and she apologises for it. It's you know it's almost insanely quick, um, but it's still very Phoebe's and uh, very adorable. Um, but we leave this awkward money scene uh, and join Russ at the end of another date with Cheryl. Hmm. Um, <laughs> would you like to come in? Did Homo erectus hunt with wooden tools? According to recent findings. <laughs> Here, Mitzi. Here, Mitzi. Uh, Mitzi is. My hamster. I hope she's okay. I haven't seen her in a while. Have a seat. Uh, oh, hey, do you, uh... <laughs> do you have any, um, cinnamon fruit toasties? What? Well, I do. <laughs> Why don't we go back to my place, light a couple of candles, break open a box of cinnamon fruit toasties, uh... I'd rather not. Oh, yeah, why not? Okay, um, don't take this the wrong way, but your place kind of has a weird smell. Well, Mark, what you can't tell from the audio is that Cheryl's apartment is an absolute tip. It's a dump. Stepto wouldn't even live here. It's gross. Yeah, there's just, like, bits of ham on the floor. She's got 
clothes that are just hanging off of picture frames. Yeah. Like, like it, it isn't just a messy place. There is literal just rubbish everywhere. Yeah, like it's not like it's untidy where she just has lots of stuff in different places. It's legitimately filthy. Yeah. And there's a hamster running wild in there somewhere. Um, but obviously Ross sees this and then suggests going back to his place. And she's like, don't take this the wrong way, but your place smells funny. And I'm like, right, she's just opened up the gates. You can, you can comment on the pigsty that is her house. Now, whether or not you would, because you're like, you know what, that might stop me getting to sleep with this person. I, I, I do like the later joke of like, oh, what, what weird smell do you have in your palm? He's like, I don't know, soap? soap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I've definitely been around people's houses that are, are dirty and you don't want to touch things. And you're no. like, oh, they're like, oh, do you want to sit on the sofa? Like, no, I'll stand. It's fine. Yeah, like I've been to like, especially at like house parties and stuff. Yeah, we even ended up at a house party, and you've sat on a sofa and kind of stuck to it, and you're like, yeah. oh, well, there's just crumbs. It, it doesn't even have to be mega dirty. It's just like crumbs, like you haven't hoovered for a week. Yeah, and it, and it's like it's not super dirty, but it's enough for you to be like, mm. or the worst is people who take stuff out of the dishwasher and don't check it. You're like, oh, I've got a knife here that still has bits of food on it. Yeah, grim. I remember going to a friend's house once and there was just like a plate on the side that had clearly been there for a couple of days. And there was just like dried sauce substance on it. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, it just, yeah, it just wasn't nice. I remember getting super triggered once because a, a friend told me that my flat was a mess. I was like, how dare you? I'm like, but I took it as like, they meant it was dirty. They just meant just comic books and graphic novels and Warhammer all over the place. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's stuff everywhere. It's but not it's, minimalist for my nature. Yeah, but it's it was clean. Like I, you know, I would wash things, like you know, clean and do the dishes and sweep and mop. And yeah, it wasn't dirty. But eventually, after you know, ten minutes of me screaming at them and how rude they were, we got to understand what <laughs> they actually meant. But I was like, how rare are you? Um, so it is a sensitive thing to bring up, and I'm not sure if I'd bring it up on like date free of of dating the super I, sexy I nerd. I think you would power through. I don't know. I, th- I think I think this set is so well dressed that it might be the limit of. Of my power. Because, you know, if you if you take off all the stuff that's on the sofa, she's going to know and be like, why are you shoving it on the floor? But maybe she won't care. I don't know. I, maybe you could try and play it off as passion. Like when Phoebe was dating. Yeah. Um, what's his name? The guy we always say she should end up with, the scientist. David. David, thank you. Um, you know, you could try and play off as passion like that, but I don't think it's going to work. No, I, I, I really did like the way she is quite geeky as they go into like the door. Because you're like, oh, it's just a hot, hot woman. It's like, no, actually, she's really nerdy and like she snorts, does little piggy yeah. snorts. And stuff. <laughs> Going to <be> the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just like she's she's a great partner for Ross. Yeah, up until we open the door, I guess. Um, but now Monica is on her latest catering job, uh, and Phoebe said to help pack up, which is kind of confusing. And friends, does that thing again where I'm never sure if a day has passed or what time of day it is. And yeah, but I was like, wait, is this is Ross? How early is this date and how late is this wake? I was it's got to be the next day. Yeah, it was very confused. Um, but Phoebe said to help pack up, but the wake is still on. And uh, Monica has to ask for her money. Awkward. Well, it gets worse. Monica plucks up the courage to go and ask the widow for her money, at which point the widow breaks down, saying that Jack used to handle all the finances. I kind of feel like she should have been paid up front. Yeah, I was like, why are you doing this job before you get paid? Well, at least yeah. there should be a deposit. And then, you know, I suppose that doesn't really help because you'd have to go get the rest of your money I- still, but... I think she should have spoken. There would have been someone else. I don't know who, you know, at a wedding you have the best man and stuff like that. I don't know who you have at a funeral. 
Yeah, but there must be someone who you can be like, hey, can I talk to you to get this solved? Yeah, like surely you shouldn't expect the widow to sort out the wake. Like right. that seems a bit, you know, they're a bit emotional for that, I guess. Like I, my partner died. I wouldn't want to be like, oh yeah, I better sort out the finger foods for Mark and the guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That would not be on my radar at all. I mean, you know, as long as it's tea bags, I guess we'd be okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was just strange. Um, and it's, it's awkward. And obviously Monica kind of retreats back to the kitchen and, and you know, we'll see how that goes on later on. Um, because we've jumped uh, back to the girl's apartment and Rachel is on the sofa struggling with the crossword while Chandler reads the paper in the kitchen uh, in the sandwich uh, when Rachel suggests they should go see a musical. Chandler's confused but agrees because, you know, who doesn't like a musical? But um, then Rachel suggests they should go see the 1996 Tony Award winner before asking Chandler if he knows the name of it. Chandler says it's Grease. That's not the one. It's rent, apparently. Uh, and then Chandler asks her when she wants to go. But of course she doesn't. She was just cheating at the crossword. Yeah. Which I think is really funny. Like, we could do this. And it's, it's so obvious what she's doing. Yeah. And then I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And I realized that Chandler doesn't know she's trying to do it by herself. The only person that knows this is obviously Rachel herself and Phoebes. Everyone else thinks it's just just a crossword. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with that, it's time for an advert break. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, on our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Welcome back. So while Rachel is uh, still struggling with the crossword that we left her with, uh, Joey gets back after shopping for Kathy. Hey. Man, it is so hard to shop for girls. Oh. Yes, it is at Office Max. What did you get her? A pen. <laughs> it's two gifts in one. It's a pen that's also a clock. Huh? <laughs> you can't give her that. Why not? Because she's not 11. <laughs> and it's not the seventh night of Hanukkah. Hey, honey, what he means by that is, while this is a very nice gift, maybe it's just not something a boyfriend gives? Sure it is. She needs a pen for work. She's writing. She turns it over. Whoa! It's time for my date with Joey! <laughs> All right, look, look, what, what did you get for Angela Del Vecchio for her birthday? She didn't have a birthday while we were going out. For three years? <laughs> look, it's too late, and I got an audition. I can't shop anymore. I... Look, all right, I will go out, and I will try to find something for her, okay? Thanks, man. And, oh, while you're at it, could you get her a card? <laughs> Would you like me to write her a little poem as well? Or just get a card that has a poem already in it. 
Joey is such a baby in this scene. Or at least they yeah. treat him like one. Well, they do. And well, he's, he's acting like one, like, oh, it's hard to shop mm. for women and I've got an audition. And it's like, grow up, Joey. Like, I, I, I did like the, the comment about Office Max. <laughs> yeah, Shelley's very sarcastic in the scene and yep. Joey's oblivious the entire time. You know, she, she's, she's using her pen to write notes and then, oh, look, it's time for my date with Joey. Like, that's like naively adorable. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Just that one snippet itself. But overall, Joey's on such poor form here. But we do learn that Joey has had committed relationships before or at least something going on long term. Because yep. most, most of the women he dates, it's one or two dates and, and on to the next one. But yeah, three years, that's uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, we obviously it's obviously often implied and referenced that Joey's unfaithful. Yes. Um, so we don't know, you know, just because it lasted three years, we don't actually know how serious it was. No. Um, but maybe I put too much importance on gifts. Okay, Mark, there's no maybe about it. It's, I do. But I think gifting is fun. And it's a reflection of how well you know someone and how well they know you. And... You know, the amount of they've put in is like a reflection of how much they care to me. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but... No, I think you're right. Like, I'd rather someone writes me a, a nice card than spends thousands of pounds on a gift. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, I don't do cards. I find them pointless. But I would... I've been much more touched in the past by gifts that were less expensive, but were ideal for me um than i have by gifts that are expensive like i've been bought expensive gifts in the past and been like oh cool thanks yeah. and then i've been bought a gift that was like i mean for my last birthday i was given a buffy mug and bookmark um and that was ideal like they weren't expensive but i like books and read all the time i like buffy and i drink tea all the time so it was literally i can drink tea out of my buffy mug using my buffy bookmark while i read a book bing 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 win it was great so so i'm just going to put this out there Caro, if you're listening, this is how you know when Ryan's talking because he'll talk about tea a lot. Fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like, you know, having someone think about the gift is, is way more important to me. Like, certainly you've, you've had friends and relatives or whoever who have just gone, here's a, here's a jumper for you. It's like four sizes too big. And you're like, great, you put no effort into that. You just found the first thing you could get as cheap as possible. Yeah. And you went, that's good enough. And it's like, no, it's... Yeah, you know, I, I think the the way to make you cry for your birthday is to basically get you like comic book covers. Just, I, I, I think you would you'd enjoy that way more than anything else. Well, just some of the demonstrates your kind of knowledge of the person, I guess. Um, but you know, it, it, I think it does show you how much you value the person and, and the friendship. Yeah. Um, and in this instance, instance, Joe is coming across like he doesn't value Kathy at all. Um, and I don't know when there's a time to bring this up, so I'm going to do it now. But oh my god, was I crushing on Kathy? I turned into Chandler during these episodes. I was just sat like <laughs> dazing at the screen, and I was like, "Man, Paget Brewster's hot." And then yeah, I remember texting you, and I was like, "Dude, like, what the hell?" And you were like, "Not with that pixie haircut." <laughs> and I was like, no. I, "I, I'm not a fan of the pixie haircuts in Friends uh, during like the the show. The, the thing about it, I just don't enjoy. Fair. I, I think a lot of it is the the styling because it's kind of." It's not a short pixie cut. It's kind of like kind of messy. Generally, a lot of the the women have, or they have like red streaks and stuff like. That. It's just just a hairstyle I don't don't like. Fair. But but if it was like kind of more modern pixie haircut where it's way shorter, that could be nicer. But yeah, no, she's a very attractive woman though. Yeah. Did you know she was once asked to be in Playboy? No. Yep. But she discussed it with her parents, and they were fine with it. Which I imagine being a really weird conversation. Just, just being like... <laughs> well, well Play, Playboy is a weird thing because a lot of people go, oh, I read it for the articles, right? Playboy wasn't uh, like a, a nudie mag as such, was it? It was kind of seen as a bit more, more highbrow in a sense, but also 
had lots of naked people in it. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, yeah I guess it's, yeah, like you said it, highbrow. I guess, but, I guess more erotica rather than pornography. Yeah, like it wasn't supposed to be exploited. If it was supposed to be celebrating the female form, yeah. when really it was just, let's look at boob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, celebrities and famous people yeah, you've been it, thinking about. It was marketed very, very well. Yeah. Put it that way. Um, but yeah, but she didn't do it in the end. Um, but I mostly know her from Criminal Minds, which was funny because when we first started watching Criminal Minds, it was one of our, like, Jess and I's favorite shows. When she first appeared, we were like, oh, it's Kathy. And then after like 10 seasons of Criminal Minds, we were like, now I watch this and I'm like, why is Prentice in Friends? <laughs> um, it's just, just weird. But no, she's a great actress. And yeah, I was, I just felt like adding that I was watching the episode being like, take me back to 1997 because she looked great. But anyway, I digress. Um, Back at the wake, uh, Phoebe is telling Monica off that she needs to go get her money um, and thinks that the widow is just exaggerating her grief to try and get out of paying Monica, which mm, I don't know if that's a thing people would do, but seems Phoebe's got a point. As when she peeks into the other room, the widow is uh, joyfully singing at the piano. Yeah, she looks like someone who's like, oh, I can try and put this off by faking being sadder than I am. Which is so disgraceful. Because that's the thing, like when you, when you think of funerals, you're like, oh, they people are going to be sad there's like not not always some people are like no i understand it's their time and i'm fine with that or in other cultures they celebrate their death yeah i, I remember seeing an interview a while ago with george ezra um and he had a song that came out um like for a party in the day that i die and he was basically saying that he was in like the caribbean and there's like a party going on down yeah. the street and he couldn't didn't what it was and when they asked him, oh it's a funeral and it was the first time he'd like seen people actively celebrating someone's life rather than mourning their death um, but this is just an old lady being cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's no celebration going on here. It's just, I don't want to have to pay. Um, but Russ is now at the guy's apartment explaining to Joey how gross Cheryl's apartment is. Um, Russ does like to exaggerate often, uh, you know, as we see many, many times over the course of Friends. Um, but his description here about it being the end of time and only garbage has survived, it's pretty accurate. Like it's kind of spot on. Yeah. Um, it's okay though, as Joey has some sage advice. Just do it in the mess. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, it's a very Joey thing to say. Yep. Also, Joey isn't the tidiest person in the world. Well, no, and he's, uh, you know, he's not been afraid of things in the apartment, like cactuses uh, touching his butt and stuff. So I don't think he really thinks about that. Yeah, I don't I think Joey, I, well, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't seen his apartment. I feel like if he had, there would be, there would be limits. Yeah. Um, but Mark, could you do it in the mess? The, the problem is, there's a scene later on where Ross puts his hand into some like chocolate sauce oh, or something yeah. and it's like dripping off his hand. And uh, no, it's the answer basically. Like having, having all your clothes out, fine. That's messy. That's fine. When there's like a bit of ham he peels off of something. Yeah. That... And, and, you know, dirty tissues. And th- there's just stuff that's there that shouldn't be there. Like, why is there chocolate sauce there? Why is there a bit of ham there? It doesn't make sense. No, it just... You know, the, the ham would bother me less than the weird chocolate sauce he puts his yeah, hand because, in. Yeah, because that's like saying it's yeah. dribbling down. You're like, oh, I don't even know what this is. Like, oh, great, I've got to try and wipe my hand on yeah. the sofa or something. But this ham I could just throw away. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so... Ugh. Um, it, it's There's got to be a smell as well, right? Yeah. Because she just has food rotting left out and stuff. It's just not good. Um but yeah, no, I don't think I'll be able to do it. I think, I think like I'd just be cringy and my skin would be crawling, and it wouldn't matter who it was, even if it was ninety nine from Paget Brewster. <laughs> I would still be like, no, no, I can't do this. Um, but 
Now we're back at the girls' apartment, and uh, Chandler's been trying to find things for Kathy. Okay, all right. I just spent the entire afternoon looking for a present for Kathy that would be better than the rabbit. Any luck? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I found this great place called Invisible Things for Kathy. <laughs> Can you give me a hand with all this stuff? All right, look, why don't you just return the book, let Joey give her the clock pen, and you get her something worse than that, like a regular pen. She's really going to love this, you know? The bottom line is I want her to have it. Even if I don't get to be the one who gives it to her. Oh, honey, that's so sweet. Yeah? You don't think it's just pathetic? Oh, pathetic! <laughs> hey, I'm meeting Kathy in 10 minutes. I've been looking all over for you. Where? Our place, the hall. <laughs> I... <laughs> I got something for her. It's a book. A book? Is it like a book that's also a safe? Joey likes combining things, doesn't he? He does, definitely. I mean, a book that's also a safe, I don't really get. The pen and the watch in the 90s is actually kind of cool. Well, well the, the book and the safe thing makes sense. You know, we have those tins that you put money in, but it looks like a can of beans or whatever. No. It's meant to be, you know, no one's going to steal a can of beans, are they? So you can do it. And books do that as well. Or maybe there's a special button that when you push the button, the bookcase slides out and then you've got a secret room. The coolest hidden, like, hideaway thing I ever saw was my granddad's house had fake plugs in, like, plug sockets in the wall. Okay. And when you went over to it, there was a key you put into one of the things and it would turn the lock. And you just slide out a drawer that was actually where the plug thing was. Okay. And when you look at it, you would never be able to tell. No. And I was like, I'll have that in my house one day. I won't because it keeps cash in the house, but still. But yeah, that's, that's much better than a, a painting that's covering over your, your massive safe in the wall. Yeah, with it? a hinge on the side. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to spot that as a professional thing. No. Um, but this is super sweet um, with Chandler really wanting Kathy to have the present, even if he doesn't get to be the one who gives it to her. Is this a selfless good deed? Ooh. Because I was thinking that, like, you know, he has to give it away. And he, yes, he wants her to have it, even if he doesn't get to be the one who gives it to her. And it's like... And it's expensive. He's spent a lot of money while he's going to be giving an orange to Kathy. I'm going to have to come down with no. It's not a selfless good deed because he wants her to have it because of how he feels. So right. therefore, it's self-motivated. Is, is it like when you donate anonymously to, to a hospital and you're like, yes, I've, I've, I'm being anonymous. I don't want anyone to know I did this, but I, 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 I know it. I yeah. know I did it. So I'm going to say, no, it's not. Um, but you really do get the sense that he actually loves Kathy, uh, especially as he's seen him in a Rangers jersey and still fancies her. Um, I'm going to say something controversial here, Mark. I kind of think that the way he's demonstrating his love for Kathy is better than any way he ever does it for Monica. Ooh, that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, Just in the way he's like pining and... I mean, I mean, it's better than I made you a mixtape for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking about the candles, but actually Monica put out all the candles over the room. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it to Chandler. We just didn't see the nice thing you did for Monica. After that, I just, I just from, from what we see, I get that he's feeling... I mean, maybe it's because he can't have Kathy at this point, so it's going to feel more intense. But it definitely feels more intense than kind of we ever do see for Monica. I, I guess for Monica, like, he's already with her. 
so he doesn't have to try and win her over. Whereas, you know, a lot of people, when you want to date someone, you probably do put in a bit more effort to try and convince them that you're worth dating. Yeah, I suppose as well to ones like unrequited love, you know, I guess kind of burns a tad brighter because because exactly because it's unfulfilled. Yeah. Like, you you know, you, it isn't tempered by experience. It's constantly, you know, this desire you have that you, you can't fulfill. So it's probably impacts you more than like, oh i'm enjoying this love i suppose you enjoy you know requited love more because you're actively experiencing it whereas unrequited love you're sat in a chair having to watch your friend you know make out with have you ever been attracted to a friend's partner in in this extent no like like definitely could be like oh yeah i can see why they're attractive and if they were single and i was single yeah you know who knows right but but not not in the same way of like hmm, like imagine if i was there instead like no no me neither like yeah, like you said, you can you can appreciate that someone's attractive, um, but I've never been like, oh my god, I'm completely in love with like Steve's girlfriend. No, that's just no. no you can be like, oh, they they seem really cool for the hour I see them. Yep. And you'd be like, well, if I got to know them better, who knows? But but no, definitely not in this sort of way. Plus, the longer your friends date people, you tend to hear all of this person's bad sides, <laughs> yes. and bad habits at the same time. Yep. So, like, oh, that person's actually a nightmare. Um. But yep, Joey's absolutely clueless about the book and uh, letting Chandler do this is so cringingly dishonest of Joey. Um, I absolutely hate it. Yeah, I kind of hate the way he's like, where, where you been? I've been looking for you everywhere. It's like, Joey, like, you can't just rely on Chandler to, to do this for you. Like, you should have been the one who got the present. Yeah, like, how dare you be upset by this? Like, yeah. just being completely out of line. Um, but speaking of being back out of line, we're back at the wake and the musical widow is still at it. But Phoebe isn't taking this. She's going to do something about it. She marches into the living room and demands payment. It causes a scene, uh, but it works. Monica then sheepishly puts her business cards on the coffee table. Don't worry, you're definitely going to have a great time with us. So we're not going to hassle you for money. Bitch. Yeah, I mean, I do like how quickly the, when Phoebe's direct, though, the widow backs down and goes, let me get my checkbook. I like the way Phoebe follows her to make sure that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Some of that street background coming in for Phoebe. She's not letting this one out of her sight. Um, but now we're back with Ross and he's untidy hearty. Uh, Shirley invites him inside again. I love that Ross takes a deep breath before entering just like so much it, it, yeah, weird yeah, smells. Just, just summoning Joey, like, just do it in the mess. Just do, do it, it in mess. the mess. Do it in the mess. Uh, Cheryl tells Ross to make himself comfortable um, and then the pair start falling around in what could be, I think, David Trimmer's best physical performance in the entire run of Friends. He puts his hand in some chocolate sauce, finds some cold cuts uh, before freaking out when something rustles in a crisp packet. And uh, I, I I love the way he like goes oh because he's like got his hand in whatever this goo is, but then he's like has to chill, like oh yeah oh, this Cheryl. is yeah like, oh Ross and it's just like, but oh. he doesn't wipe his hand anywhere I know so I'm like how would you do it because she's gonna notice so how do you get this off your hand without yeah because if she notices is she gonna think it's gross yeah like where's her line I don't know <laughs> yeah. um but yeah just all of the physical comedy and the facial expressions on David Trump's face in this is are absolutely he, amazing he's trying his best to enjoy it while also being disgusted at the same time yeah it, it's amazing the, but just love it the, the bit where he's hitting the crisp packet though do you notice he has uh, a loo brush yep. that's kind of bent and it's like a, is that really going to cause much damage it's a loo brush and a tennis racket so he's that, just, that bit will he's dual wielding <laughs> dual wielding the random misplaced items um, but yeah but you just throw her aside before smashing the packet um, but Cheryl's worried that it's Mitzi a hamster it's not Mark it's just a rat. She doesn't seem to care that it's just a rat either. No, I mean, I cared it was a rat. I love rats. But yeah, yeah like she doesn't do she'll, Oh, it's just a rat. It's fine to have rats living in your apartment. That's gross. Yeah. Like, oh, just no. Just like, like, like is, there's a difference between pet rats and 
Wild rats. Street rats. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> lad. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for you to sing the rest of the song there. <laughs> Uh, but we leave the sea dump uh, to find Rachel all alone at Central Park. Uh, she's alone, Mark, but has finally completed her crossword. But she's all by herself, so there's nobody to hug. But having a fear, Rachel, Gumpha comes screaming across the coffee shop, uh, the sounds of crashing trays echoing through the shop behind him. Uh, but he trips and falls just in time for the girls to make it in Central Park, where they brief Rachel about the job. And uh, Rachel and... Rachel... Monica and Phoebe are sort of business partners because one handles the money, one handles the food. Yeah, I really love the way Gumpfer like crashes through. There's a guy in the background with his like legs up in the air, like almost tilting back in his chair, like because Gumpfer's like just shoved everything out the way, <laughs> and that that trip like just feels so bad for him. And she didn't even know he tripped, like she would have heard him. Yeah, it's well, like each of them sheepishly like get up from behind the sofa yeah. afterwards, um, and it's just like oh poor. <laughs> But it's a good thing. Imagine if she had seen him. Like, what would your reaction be? If- of of, of Gump for lunging at you. <laughs> yes, I've got no one to hug. And then, ah, <laughs> screaming for the shop. Just, you'd probably run off. Um, but still. Um, Joey gets home and thanks Chandler again, saying he feels bad about taking credit for the gift. As boy, is he going to get a lot of credit? Um, and then Kathy arrives uh, and Joey forces Chandler into giving Pat Kathy the watch oh, pen. That's the worst. Like, nothing is better than... A watch like that, especially as they're they're adults. I think like giving gifts at, at their sort of age it can be a little bit different. Like best friends, fine, but it's not like you're you're six and like you have to buy a gift for for everyone. Well, like I, I kind of get why Joe is doing it because he's like, look, Chandler's not being rude. He's totally being nice to yeah. you, Kathy. But I'm also kind of like Joey thinks it's a really cool gift. Yeah. So it's also like, oh, how for this? And he's just like, mm, he's trying to be nice, but he he's not really getting there. Um, but Joey goes to his room and tells Kathy not to forget her coupon. I love the way he like leans against the door and like kind of knocks it back a bit. Yeah, and he puts this weird facial expression like, yeah. oh, <laughs> Joey love. Yeah. <laughs> just like, he's enjoying himself. Um, but Kathy hangs back to have a little chat with Chandler. Um, thank you for the gift. Oh, uh, yeah, I just, I just knew that sometimes when you're writing, you, you don't always know the exact time. <laughs> No, I didn't mean the pen. Thank you for the book. Uh, the book? The Velveteen Rabbit. Kind of have the feeling you had something to do with it. What do you mean? Well, uh, when Joey gave it to me, he said, this is because I know you like rabbits and I know you like cheese. <laughs> Thanks. I love it. And I know how hard it must have been for you to find. Oh, well... By the way, in case you missed that, that sound was, oh, wow. You must really like Joey to go to all that trouble for him. Oh, yeah, he's my... <sighs> he's my best friend. Well... <clears throat> Good night. Ouch. I mean, do you think she she knows at this point? Yeah. You do? Um... It's, it's obvious that she's you know because obviously those two have got a lot in common there's a lot of chemistry between them like when you know you find Chandler gets up in the night to watch TV and she's already up watching the thing that he was going to get up and watch and they get on really well and there's obviously tension there um, so I think that you know she might be like oh there's kind of thing here but what I'm dating Joey or whatever and then you get the gift and then I think that will just confirm it I think she would have had her suspicions and then this present is like yeah he likes me and I quite like him. Yeah, at the same time, she, I think she's kind of realising that, yeah, Joey is 
pretty on the outside, but there's not a lot of depth to him. Yeah. In, in, like for her, because she enjoys chatting to Chandler about all sorts of things that you know Joey has no interest in. Yeah. And I think she needs that intellectualism. Well, I think it's just, you know, when he gives her the present and he's like, oh, it's because I know you like rabbits and cheese. Yeah. Like, it's clearly obvious that he had nothing. To, like, he doesn't understand the, the importance of that either. Yeah. And I'm guessing that they haven't really had a conversation about what her favourite book was as a child. Because other than The Shining and Little Women, the only books we know no. Joey's ever read. Um, so I think she definitely knows. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's a very sweet thing for Chandler to have done. Um, especially if, you know, you're already into Chandler. Like, she's obviously interested in him, even though it's awkward. Um, but I mean, how many times over the years has a woman called you sweet and only for a guy to be like, no, I'm sweet. That means she doesn't, she's not into me at all. And nine times out of ten, it turns out, no, it's a good thing when a girl calls you sweet. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very confusing, especially, especially if you're in, uh, in Texas and people call you hun. Yeah, because okay, <laughs> yeah, it's just, they don't mean anything from that. I think it's like a classic like juvenile like male misunderstanding, though, that the idea that like, Men or boys, men, males, whatever, think that women want what men think women want. Yeah. When a lot of times women want what they want, and f- until you're like our age, it's kind of difficult to work out. I guess for the most part, it's like you just have to go on a dating app to understand that, right? With how how men, you know, approach women, and it's like no, just because you would enjoy a woman doing like that to you in in her approach doesn't mean it works their way around. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been called Sweet by him before and literally been like, oh, God. And then, you know, next thing I know, they're kissing me. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Sweet's good. Sweet's good now. What, yeah, what, yeah. what happened? And eventually you realize, oh, wait, yeah, okay. Sweet is actually quite nice. Cause- Whereas if you went up to a woman and was like, I think you're hot. We should be together. Like, no, she's not going to find that attractive. You might have found that attractive if she did that to you, though. Yeah, I was, uh, I was watching Peep Show. Uh, this morning um, and there's an episode where Mark is getting married and he just sees an attractive lady at a coffee shop reading a book about Churchill and he's like will you marry me and that's what made me think of like yeah. just direct and useless uh, but no, it is very sweet and I definitely think that Kathy Kathy knows Chandler's in love with her or at least has some very strong feelings yes definitely and uh, we're now back at Cheryl's do you think we'll be back here Mark um, there's a knock at the door but it's not Ross he hasn't returned to try and do it in the mess uh, it's Monica uh, Russ has told her about how dirty Cheryl's apartment is, and Monica wants to clean it. Yeah, she couldn't sleep. <laughs> which, which I love. It's so it's such an unexpected joke. Um, yeah, but think, so I, perfect. I think this is the start of the Monica clean freak thing coming. You know, in in a big way. Like, yes, we've had little bits of it. Like, yeah, she she doesn't like mess and stuff. But this is her going. I've been thinking about this mess in someone else's apartment. I need to be here to fix it. Yeah, like it's it's. Unhealthy, but hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Cheryl slams the door in her face, and uh, poor Monica is left in the hall with her bucket. But what I love is that Monica like tries to clean the door frame. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. She just needs to do something, um, and it, it's the perfect way to end what is actually a really, really stellar episode. Like I, I think the title does it a disservice a little bit. Like yeah, the the dirty girl stuff is very funny, but it's not the part of the episode I think about most. No, I mean, this episode is all Chandler and Kathy. Yeah. It's, it's one of those episodes of Friends where I'm so emotionally invested in kind of in what's happening that I almost don't care about the comedy. Like, no. I laugh at this stuff, but the subplot of Monica and Phoebe and the, the, the wedding, yeah. wedding, wake, uh, I don't care about. Rachel's crossword, who cares? I, I mean, without that crossword, what would Rachel yeah. do in the episode, <laughs> Rachel, right? Rachel does nothing. Because <laughs> we are getting into that air, era now where every character is always on screen with every other character at all times. Like, we don't really break away from the group that much. Yeah. 
which is which is nice. I like it when the group play together. Um, just that of like a. I guess production standpoint because when you're making notes and it's like and you're like and now we go and now we join and, and now yeah. we're here like it's hmm. frustrating to do <laughs> it is so when the gangster together it makes my job easier um, but no it's definitely a great episode um, it's a great run of episodes like this little free episode like free story arc it is a great one and probably one of my favourite storylines in Friends yep definitely and then we'll be back uh, next week but not before we mentioned the socials. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's doing it. I yeah, I, f- I thought he was just going to try and end it there, and then I was going to have to shout at him a bit. No, you can find us at Patreon, uh, uh, watching what is at Patreon.com for us, watching friends. Um, and you can help us support us, uh, help us bring you more content. Help us support us. Help us support us. <laughs> yeah. You can help support us, yes. With, you know, money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're a terrible salesperson, aren't we, you? We can buy ourselves pens that are also watches and that can remind us when it's time to make notes for watching friends. Yeah, you definitely need that. Despite all the technology you have, I have to message you an awful lot. Yeah. Like, where, where, where's the notes, Ryan? Like, They're always there in time. You, you are literally the person on the school bus, like scribbling away minutes before like you're about to hand it into the teacher that is true when i was making the notes for this episode uh a bit behind the scenes knowledge for you listeners uh i was doing it directly into the google document for some reason i don't know why i don't normally do that i normally <laughs> make all my notes in scrivener and then move them to the google document but you opened the document for some reason while i was in it and kept typing random messages <laughs> while, <laughs> while i was doing it and it was very funny but i was like this is distracting you mark i'm trying to focus here <laughs> uh it's because i was doing my notes at the same time fair Fair. So you're just as last minute as me. I have lots to do, like including uploading this episode. I've had but, lots to do but, as but, well. But look, look, we're distracted from the main message here. Patreon.com forward slash watching friends. We do uh, extra bonus episodes every month. Uh, so we've been going through Joey. Sometimes they're not Joey related, as in the TV show. Uh, sometimes they're just random friends stuff. I, I really want to do an episode talking about Friends Fest because you've never been. I haven't and been, I've no. been to a couple of them, so I'd like to tell you about them. Fair. And hopefully you can be a, a listener for once. We should host one. That's what I think. We should get into watching or watching Friends. Should host Friends Fest. Yep. Do a live episode. Ima- imagine that if we were on stage, they'd be like, hey, "We've got the guys from Watching Friends," and they'll be like, "Who? Who?" And then just be a tangent. We have a lot of downloads now. But like, Ryan, we've got to go home. Us. Stop talking about <laughs> tangents. Oh yeah, you can imagine. Like yeah, everything shut hours ago. Ryan, <laughs> it's just you on stage. <laughs> one sole spotlight. <laughs> yes, time. Yeah. I haven't noticed that the halls empty. <laughs> no. But yeah, so we we do bonus stuff on there. You get an ad-free version of this podcast. Uh, We also talk to our fans on there, which is really nice, and we like to mention them in here. Um, We're definitely going to start mentioning their names in future podcasts. So if you want to hear your name in the podcast and be famous for a bit, you can subscribe. Oh, you can do that thing where like we literally read them out, like, and thank you to our Patreons, and then like read all the names. Yes, we we have so few that uh, it will be fairly quick. So don't worry. Um, we, we won't we'll have more now because people are going to hear this message I, and I hope back so us on yes Patreon. I hope so yeah because you know as we go on and on about this does cost us money to do we do it free in our spare time um, so yeah any support you can give us basically keeps us doing this yeah and the more patrons we have the more gear we can buy and the more guests we can have well and the more time we can spend on it yeah because you know if we if we got up to $10,000 every month you wouldn't need to have a job I wouldn't need to have a job we could just do this every day so you know if you're out there and you're rich <laughs> yeah just check us some cash yes. <laughs> uh where else can they find us ryan uh you can find us on twitter at does, does twitter still exist i think so we so, haven't got a blue tick no 
I'm not, we, we can't afford the eight pound a month for the blue tick <laughs> that's the problem maybe if we had some more patrons we could afford the blue tick and um all that all that joy that brings no one indeed uh you can also find us on facebook watching friends um i like change people on facebook uh, mostly because the app's there so i can just switch between the watching friends messenger app and my messenger app and it's really easy to engage with people so you know please reach out and have a chat because you know it's nice you have just reminded me i'm gonna say for the next episode we did have a message on twitter so i'm gonna bring that up next episode oh, Th- there's a tease for you stay tuned but uh, yeah, that, that's it. I did the socials. Mark's, Mark's got a big smile on his face. I'm not going to get flogged this week. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. And it's a bye from me. Goodbye, everyone.